Hello. Hello. I'm Emma. I'm Antonella. And this is More Than Meets the Eye. And we're here to help you see the world through a more aesthetically pleasing lens. Heck yeah. I don't know why I had to end every single one of those with like an upturn. Like a woo. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's very encouraging. I know. I just wanted to like change it up. Try something different. Boo. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> um, anyway, so this is an aesthetics podcast where we talk about all different kinds of aesthetics. Sometimes we talk about like movies, books, those are called our pop culture aesthetics. Recently, we've introduced a guest section, but this week we're just doing a straight up core episode in which we talk about an aesthetic from history or from current times. We break it down, talk about fashion, music, everything, where it came from, where it exists today, yada yada yada. This week is a surprisingly fun one because what are we talking about this week? Yeah, we're talking about fanfare. Um, yeah. What the fuck? Is fanfare, Antonella? Late 19th century, early 20th century, uh, like, style and media at that time. The music. Yes, I agree. I agree. I went a little more, like, it's a circus vibe um, on my so, wait, notes. Wait, circus vibe? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like, it's circus. Circus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we can we can just call it, like, circus. Circus core. <laughs> Yeah, but but it like the name of it is fanfare, which I kind of like like a lot. You know, like I want to use the word. It is circus core, basically. But I'm tired of cores. Right. So, I think that the time period you were you were talking about um, is absolutely spot on. I was just gonna say this one I think is very interestingly less fashion based, but not really music based aesthetic it's kind of like a experience like object and experience based mm. aesthetic which is wild i don't think we've ever done anything like that before but it's fun to like kind of enter a new territory yeah this is i feel like one of those where we almost are making one ourselves right i feel like often we talk about an aesthetic that is very present and exists and yeah, people yeah, have yeah. talked about it a lot so we're kind of like carving our own path with this one almost more like we're kind of like connecting the dots you know Mm -hmm. because like it all exists it's all there it's a thing um but we're just like pulling together like where it exists and where it overlaps and whatnot were you aware of this aesthetic beforehand and do you have any sort of relationship with it so wouldn't have ever put a name to it beforehand um and I, I i would never say i had like a very strong like specific phase with this but uh it's definitely been something i've been like interested in at different points in my life i used to love the circus as a kid i don't know just like a very like kid thing we we went to the big apple circus i don't know if you've ever been but i've been like twice once when I was, like, really little, and once when I was, like, nine, I think. I've really always been interested in early 20th century. Like, yeah, I grew up with, like, a lot of movies from that time. I don't know. And I, like, I think one of the reasons why I loved Coney Island so much, like, the first time I went, was because, like, it had this, like, fanfare vibe. Mm-hmm. And, like, I love that. And honestly, just, like, the more I, I was taking notes on this, the more I was, like oh my god, I this is in so many parts of my life and I actually, like, really love this stuff. So it was pretty funny to me because I would never have been like, oh, I'm a circus girl. But I was like, oh. Also, just randomly, obviously, 
I studied music for a really long time, and fanfare, like you said, is like a specific type of uh, typically like brass instrument uh, music, but uh, like Aaron Copeland is a very famous composer from like early 20th century, and he has a very famous piece, Fanfare for a Common Man, which is in like Doesn't Want Space Odyssey, like just a very well-known uh, piece but it's kind of like a well-known style of, like you said like specifically like trumpet how about you any connection relation personalization i think like you mentioned coney island i, I didn't even think of that but that always gave me s- such a nostalgic vibe going there um and i, I definitely can see that connection 100 percent. but yeah not not too strongly i mean i always i love like that era as well yeah. like that's such a interesting like movies were starting to be made like that mm-hmm. really like early cinema i love that yeah. so much but yeah i'm not too familiar with it um i loved learning about it though <laughs> um yeah i feel like it's one of those things that like it's been around us always um mm-hmm. and like i said like almost connecting the dots like just taking everything that we've already seen but like being like oh this has like connected to that which is connected to that which is connected to that yeah let's get into the specific elements of this aesthetic so there's like definitely a victorian aspect to it with it Mm -hmm. being just like the time period it's in but also like a whimsical spin on it yeah so i would say like corsets and Mm -hmm. lace and kind of um like puffy sleeves really yeah show-offy type of clothing Um, yep very maximalism very decorative decorative also jewel tones so like jewel tones and like think anything like very romantic in terms of the style yeah almost kind of gothic in a certain way too like i feel like it kind of has this dark element to it or at least some of it can have that darker spin on it. There's also something about the kind of Edwardian look of many things, which I feel like makes it feel... Like, that came out of Gothic, right? So, like, Victorian, Gothic, Edwardian, like, it's kind of got these three, like, uh, eras happening, like, that it pulls different elements from. But then it also mm-hmm. pulls stuff from the 30s and the even the 50s, like, a little up a little rockabilly like it adds all that kind of yeah. into like this one general category which i think it makes it like a really fun aesthetic because you can kind of go a lot of different ways with it fashion wise i'm also like thinking stripes and yep. red um, and white in particular even like kind of the more glitzy performance costumes yeah um like rhinestones like i'm even thinking like old las vegas performer for outfits, sure yeah which like fit into this definitely like feathers yep and yep, all yep, of yep. That. kind of like the carnival uh almost costumes like yeah but like overlap. a 1900s carnival yeah. yeah again very like celebratory thing going on which is i think what makes things like circuses so exciting is that like it's all about celebrating just if you weren't going to the circus like it would just be a regular old day which i think is kind of where the root of like all the colorfulness and like yeah showiness comes from text is very important like this typography like yeah. matters a lot which is really cool you know the vintage style the like hand a lot of hand like drawn hand painted handwritten stuff like that's a part of the aesthetic yeah like so much of 
it, it is through, you know, like, advertising and yeah. the really, yeah, right. like, scripty lettering and stuff like that. Um, and I feel like it's so fun how that, that style has survived centuries and just now just forever associated with circus and uh, carnivals. Yeah. And I, I love that so much. Um, it's, like, nostalgic, but... It, it really it is. Just it always works. We were talking about Coney Island. So cool to go there because it's just kind of like getting transported back in time because it's like got such a cool vintagey vibe to it. Um, when was the roller coaster made? The cyclone. I don't know. Probably it's like the oldest roller coaster in the yeah. world or something. It's like wooden. I was gonna say to you that there's like a very uh, bohemian influence to this too. Almost like the I think the proper word to use is like Romani, kind of like influenced by nomadic peoples of Europe. Um, so that Bohemian look. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I mean they were traveling, in a lot of these circuses were like yeah like carnival stuff traveling and yep. it kind of adopted that caravan yeah caravan. vibe and so much of circus culture began in Europe. So it it makes sense that it, you know it's associated with Romani people. As well, right. like the roller coaster opened in 1927. Oh, well, the nomadic thing, too. I just wanted to like that's like kind of part of the aesthetic, too. It's like being nomadic and like having this nomadic lifestyle of like not really being in one place all the time, but like moving around, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm also now thinking of like there's different flavors to this aesthetic, like for sure. I'm like, you can take it in the way that it's like Europe in the 1910s like yeah. carnival yeah or it could be like 1920s new york city like rockettes well there's can can like moulin rouge right yeah which could also then lead to like the horror style version of it but yes. then there's also like the very like pin-up rockabilly version of it it, it can be like many different things which is kind of like really fun I, I think like one of my favorite parts about it is that it, it doesn't only transport me like to one place but it transports me to like all these different times I like make up this aesthetic you know yeah Moulin Rouge is a good example also very for like the women very like sensual about the, the style too because a lot of it is like from yeah. showgirl styles and things like that obviously uh, these are kind of silly things but just like to get the vibe down because i was saying that i think it's definitely more of like a object based aesthetic almost the tents are like a classic thing the red and white striped tents are like that's like carnival circus there's like the ferris wheel and like all the different like rides you know that could like really evoke that this aesthetic and then also like this one was funny when I was doing research and I came across this stuff, I was instantly in all these places and it was like candy apples, cotton candy, funnel cake, popcorn, soft pretzels, like all the stuff you can get. And you could kind of only get when you're like there, like all at the same time, like you could kind of only get it like a circus. Um, and it's like some of my like favorite things. Like I love candy apples, not caramel apples, candy apples. And like, I feel like I can like rarely get them. Yeah, that's such a good point that you can't just, like, get a funnel cake at the store. I mean, you no. maybe you can, but really, like, realistically, you're only having one at a carnival. Right. Um, and I just, it's so funny how long that tradition has survived. Yeah. Like, I just love that this is just, you go to, like, most carnivals, most 
like circuses, it's like frozen in time basically. Yeah. They use Which all the, the same aesthetics yeah. that that like you're saying like the tent, the red and white tent, like yep. it's just like iconography that yeah. has lasted for literally like 100 years. Which is um, crazy. Yeah. Which is so crazy and and I feel like it just universe it's like not universal but it crosses time and, and culture. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, well understood. So, to, like, kind of define it, I guess, a little more, I, I don't know about you, but I, like, as I was going through this again, kind of, like, hit a bunch of time period for myself, which, like, defined, like, not a time period, a timeline for myself that kind of defined this aesthetic. The research I was doing said that, like, this aesthetic was kind of, it started as early as the late, 18th century which is kind of bonkers to think about but also kind of makes sense because if you think about like jesters and and like that kind of vibe like that was there like that's the first clown you know is like a jester so it's like there's a there's even like a medieval thing to it but anyway um but i was thinking of what is the movie quasimodo oh oh hunchback, hunchback of Notre, of Notre Dame. Dame. Oh, yeah oh my god yeah yeah, yeah. i love uh, that movie yeah cool. No, it's it's a great movie, but that kind of like I mean they're celebrating Mardi Gras, right? So it's like is that are they? I don't know. I have no idea. Don't quote me on that. But it like gives the like Esmeralda's dancing, like gives the Mardi Gras vibe. But also she's like Romani too, right? Um, so it's like there's that whole thing to it. Um anyway, okay. Fast forward to late nineteenth century, that's when it like really takes off with like circuses and like carnivals are like this thing that you go to and it's like really fun and whatnot and then into the edwardian period they exist and like vaudeville becomes a thing and like vaudeville is really big but then starts like early film so then we go into like the golden age of film where it's like still pretty present it just is evolving and then like film is taking aesthetics in new directions and so it kind of like shrinks down i guess like in relevance and I don't think it ever has really gotten as relevant as it was at that time. Mm-hmm. Unless, like you were saying earlier, like kind of a nostalgia thing. I was saying Rockabilly, that wasn't the one that really came to my mind for like my own like interest too. The one that really popped into my mind, which is kind of funny, mod rock music of the 60s has almost like a nostalgic like fanfarish vibe to it. Like I'll play you some songs that like mm-hmm. make me think of that part of it calling back to like being in a circus or like going to see a circus the beatles have a song called being for the benefit of mr kite and it's literally like a song that's about like a circus performance so it's song but that wasn't like it wasn't alone like there's a lot of stuff with that same vibe okay and then basically like the modern day like the where we see it the most other than literally going to like a circus or a carnival is in film in media as like this like fantastical like mm-hmm. place where there's like oh you're in a circus and everyone's they have magic powers yeah. you know like that yeah i mean i'm also you're thinking you're talking about like the film industry entering yeah. into it and i feel like circuses for a moment were f- like fantastical in themselves and like that was the only form there's only a place that people could see that kind of entertainment and that right. kind of mysticism. So getting the creation of movies, I think, took that right away a little bit. It took away the draw to circuses, like, as being that main form. Yeah. Uh, just that, like, I, I don't know. Like, I think, like, yeah, there's probably a time where, like, 
circuses were that thing so they were like so big and i mean this is how capitalism is right like they're so big they're everything they're making so much money and then this new thing comes along film and it's like it can take it away but really it takes so much influence from that especially in early film that it's like it comes out of this attraction based thing of like people going to the movies that comes from like people going to the circus you know people going to vaudeville people going to broadway and like all these things still exist but it's just like they're just not that one thing people sitting to see someone perform or present right i just remember for some reason now i'm just remembering i saw cirque du soleil so i guess that is an experience that personally relates um i saw them in montreal or i think it was what that's like where you're that's where you're supposed to see them that's crazy no it was this is like a fever dream but i don't i think it was quebec city actually (laughs) so it wasn't even like montreal like big city and they were just kind of like it was like a free performance that we just like stumbled upon it was like a family vacation in like 2012 or something um wow it was very yeah but that's just like peak circus come on like Cirque du Soleil yeah Um, and it was amazing but it was very I, I didn't really have that kind of old like vintage feeling to it it was very yeah. like a modernized performance um still very yeah. cool but not that not this aesthetic which is right, right funny because right. it's an actual they're an actual circus but yeah big apple circus it tries to like modernize it too i honestly think like these these companies got it all wrong like if you went vintage retro like it would be so exciting i would eat it up like I think it would just bring out so much in people that they probably are missing right now. Um, so, hey, Big Apple Circus, just go vintage. They just, like, just make it just make it happen. Give the people what they um, want. Yeah. Now we get into culture and media, where you see it. Quick shout out for just, like, iconic figures. I probably could have come up with a lot more, but I was kind of, like, time was working against me. But just, like, the main iconic figures that, like, came to my mind for, like, this aesthetic or fanfare are the Marx Brothers. I don't know if you know the Marx Brothers. Do you know the Marx Brothers? Mm -mm. So they started out as like a vaudeville act in like the early uh, 20th century. Started making films in the 30s. These guys who were actually brothers who were actually related to each other, but they're like a comedy group. They're so ridiculous and funny, but they each have like their own thing. So there's like Groucho, who has like a big mustache, and he always has a scar in his mouth, and he's got like big drawn on, like obviously drawn on eyebrows. Like it's, and he's like, he's always the one who's gonna like, he's trying to woo everybody, but also being like very like, I'm Groucho. But then there's Harpo, who doesn't talk, literally is a clown, wears like this big like wig that's just like curly hair everywhere, and like has both bike horns like you know like the horns that you put in your bike in his shirt and also like spray guns in his shirt so like instead of talking to people he'll like honk his horn and go "Ah." it's just like ridiculous i'm literally like you can't see me podcast i'm so sorry but i'm like making funny gestures just look them up they're so funny and like my parents literally like made sure that i was like raised on these films what year is this 1935 like, Duck Soup is one of their movies, and it's, like, amazing. They literally have a movie at the circus, which is, like, also, you know, perfect for this. I mean, so much of that early comedy is, is so interesting to me. It's it's still funny, like, currently, but it's, like, interesting to see, like, it's, yeah. it's literally the origin of, of so much of 
comedy today. It's it's timeless. So especially a lot of the early stuff because a lot of it was like slapstick or like wasn't like comedy, yeah you know like time based jokes yeah so it wasn't like it didn't get old because like we're not in the eighties anymore you know it like didn't have that issue it is relevant still. I was thinking of older film stars specifically because I saw this movie not too long ago. I was thinking of Mae West and she kind of embodies that like sensual character that I feel like this aesthetic kind of allowed women to be a little bit more, you know, like kind of like show that side um, despite censorship and everything like that. Right. And not just as like a scandalous thing Mm -hmm. to do in secret, but as like, no, I'm like, this is who I am. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw, um, I think it's called I'm No Angel, whatever that movie is called. Mm -hmm. But she's like a circus performer in that movie. Mm. And she's, I mean, in most of her movies, she's, from what I understand, she's kind of like that similar character of, you know, having one liners and having all these men fawn over her, but she's very much like in control of her sexuality and... Right. Things like that. So very rare for the time, but... She's an icon. Yeah, for sure. I was going to shout out Grandma from the Big Apple Circus, but then I found out that he was involved in the Me Too movement and not in the good way. Oh. <laughs> not, in the, uh, not in the side that we support. Okay. Not in the way we want him to, <laughs> to be young. Understood. So. Grandma was a big part of Big Apple Circus when I went to see it. Who so. is it? He's this clown that dresses up like a grandma. Look him up. He's funny. <laughs> grandma Big Apple Circus. Like, just, we don't support him because. Were you scared of clowns ever? So, yeah, I think I was. And I think, like, later when, like, depression became present in my brain, um, I then felt bad about being scared of clowns as a child. And then clowns made me really sad. And I think there's, like, I have this weird, like, issue with like loss of innocence and like loss of like things that I thought I could like as a child but like part of me growing up is being like I could still like that stuff even though like I'm an adult was okay and then another part of me is like okay well grandma being an issue in the me too movement almost kind of adultifies the circus and like puts it in like a real world of like oh this is happening in like the real adult world that you're also living in in which you can also you can still appreciate the circus yada 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 yeah, sorry if that was TMI listeners, no. but, you know, you signed up for this joke, so what can I do? Yeah, I had a very big clown-fearing phase. What age, and what age did it stop? Definitely, like, early, like, four to, like, seven, maybe. Yeah, me too. Um, maybe even a little later, but, like, okay. definitely a younger vibe. Okay. I'm um, trying to think... <sighs> Like, my earliest memories of clowns. Well, that's actually funny that I'm saying this because I loved the show called uh, My Big Comfy Couch. Loved. Adored it. I loved it. And she was a clown. Yeah. So I don't know. I liked her, but I didn't like other clowns. That's so funny. I just remembered that show. No, there was... Yeah, I loved that show. I think about that show a lot, though, because I think about bananas and pajamas a lot. I love that show, too. I think about that show a lot. And I've actually, like, found an episode of it on YouTube and watched it. That's how much I think about it. And it was actually really funny, too. But, yeah, I feel like I I kind of have that association with, yeah, like, carnivals and stuff. This, like, kind of creepy, like, horror-esque. Yeah. 
um, perspective on it that you can, a lot of, like, media also plays into, like, I'm thinking, like, American Horror Story freak show season. So, like, there's a lot of media that has, like, horror media that has used these aesthetics, too. Yeah. So, like, that's a lot of the current presence of this. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely, like, mostly the current presence. Um, it doesn't help anybody, too. Uh, Pennywise, the evil clown, doesn't, they're not helping anybody with so this. So true. Um. <laughs> Wait, no, you're making me think of, like, the clown period of, like, 2016 or something. Oh, yeah, like, Joker, because there was the whole Joker thing. Yeah. There was Joker, and then also there was a period of time where, like, clowns were just showing up. Yep. That was so. That was oh before the Dark Knight Rises, I think, came out. No, that was uh, during the It uh, promotion. Oh, that was during It. Okay, because there was also yeah. one during Dark Knight Rises. Oh, that was when that guy shot up the movie theater. Never mind. Um, yeah. Oh, gun violence. But yeah, no, clowns have had a bad ugh, go at it. Right. The, their reputations in the toilet. Right. Well, that's the thing. But then there are some clowns out there that are like cute and fun and like. Yeah, bring back. Uh, my big comfy couch. Yeah. Like she, whatever. What was her name? Jeanette. I don't. I don't yeah. remember. But like she was, she's a great, great clown. But yeah. Pennywise, my god. Yeah. See, oh. I kind of hate that. I kind of hate that we had to go all like, let's make clowns scary when they're really just like, they're cute. Honestly, yeah. I think they're cute. Um. Okay. I mean, there's something really. I understand why, because it's like something so interesting to have this like entertainer. Right. Be like scary being especially when it's meant to be so colorful and cute yeah it's almost like to make that evil is more sinister well you think about why so many horror films use old records and old music to like make it feel super creepy because there's this like innocence and like yeah and And then creepy dolls i know say creepy dolls (laughs) god i'm not a horror girl at all Oh, oh no. Okay, I'm going to pull you out of this. We're going to talk about fun circus stuff. Okay. Um, I want to go into music because music is, like, really fun for me. Because this is where, like, I think a lot of me being, like, oh, fanfare is kind of, like, all over the place in culture and everything that I love. Because I was like, oh, I like music that sounds like it's from a fucking circus. Which sounds ridiculous, but also, like, checks out for me in a very weird way. Obviously the Beatles. Um, like I was talking about... So basically, two Beatles albums are like very, very circus y fanfare vibes. Uh, Yellow Submarine, which there's also a film for Yellow Submarine, which is also, I would definitely argue, fanfare circus vibes. Then there's also Magical Mystery Tour, which also has a film, which is also, and maybe even more than Yellow Submarine, very fanfare vibes. Like, they literally go to a tent. Like, not once, but like three different times they go in a fucking tent, watch people perform. Wanna play some of that music? Kate Bush. Yeah. Kate Bush Ooh, is definitely yeah. fanfare, especially totally. like not uh the album that the song from Stranger Things is on. The sorry. Yeah. Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stranger Things. Why am I forgetting what it's called? Yeah, Stranger Things. You got it. Okay, okay. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, yeah, all all of her music, like her earlier like stuff, mm-hmm. not the eighties stuff, the seventies stuff, is very fan fairy. I'm gonna play one of those, and then we know I love Damon Albarn, and like he has a group called the Good, the Bad, and the Queen, and they have an album. I don't remember what it's called, but it's like How does he have like a million super... groups. I I don't know because he just loves making music. I guess like, I mean, he's 
slay. He, he makes good yes. music. So. He makes really good music, yeah. So, like, don't give it up, Dave and Sweetie. We, we love you. <laughs> um, it's called Maryland. Just, like, look it up and look at, like, the album art because it's so, like, it gives, like, fanfare vibes and, like, I love it. Um, Do you want to add any music in? I was going to say Scott Joplin, like, early, Fuck like, yeah. 1900s kind of jazz, like, Dixieland, that kind of vibe. Um, right. Like, The Entertainer, obviously. That's, obviously. like, what I immediately think of. So, yeah, I think we all know what that sounds like, though, I hope. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't think you need us to play you an example of Scott Joplin. I hope not, otherwise you're severely not cultured. So this is being for the benefit of Mr. Kite by the Beatles. For the benefit of Mr. Kite, there will be a show tonight on trampoline. The Hendersons will all be there, later Pablo Frank is there, what a scene. Over men and horses, hoops and garters, lastly through a hogshead of real fire. In this way, Mr. Like, so wonderfully, like, spooky, circusy, right? Like, so great. Yes. Oh, perfect example. Yeah. But even, like, the Sgt. Pepper outfits, like... Totally, yeah. It has that kind of circus conductor look. Totally. Uh, what do you call them? Uh, not conductor. No, it, uh, isn't it not? Is it not a circus ringleader? Ring, yeah, so yeah, they look like ringleaders. My next one is a Kate Bush. It's called Suspended in Gaffa. Okay, so fun little Kate Bush moment. Um, what year? Oh, 82. Just kidding. So early 80s. There's like a oompa-pa thing, which is like, obviously mm. we hear oompa-pa in music all the time, but like, that's a very like, just European general influence of like it feels like it could be a polka almost you know like there's a lot of dance influence especially in the music that has like a fanfare vibe yeah like traditional yeah. like celebration folk music folk from music Europe. there's a folkiness to fanfare yeah. which i think we didn't cover yet but it's a kind of a big part of it what do you got for for number three golden brown by the stranglers Texture like sun lays me down with my mind. She runs throughout the night. No need to fight, never a frown with golden brown. That's all you did. That song is, it just kind of repeats itself. And then we come to movies, which like movies, movies, movies. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned like in that one American Horror Story. Yeah. I was even thinking like Miss Peregrine's Home for a Peculiar. Totally. Children. Yeah, that's like again the more creepy horror esque, yeah, side side of it. I said Marx Brothers, all Marx Brothers films, but like Duck Soup is like just a perfect film. Um, kind of weirdly like 
Mon Oncle, which is a film I talk about a lot. It's Jacques Tati, and it's like basically like Mr. Bean comes from Mon Oncle, like Monsieur Hulot. Both the Mr. Bean and the Monsieur Hulot characters, like they're basically clowns, just modern clowns. Yeah. The, know, same, the, weird... the same kind of character, though. Like, yeah. They don't really speak, like, just yep. a lot of uh, physical comedy. Exactly. I mentioned Yellow Submarine, Magical Mystery Tour, the Beatles movies. Yeah, okay. So, moving on to the last part. Yes. Um, so, would you, after doing kind of a deep dive, would you incorporate this into your everyday life in any type of way, aesthetically or in other ways? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I mean, this made me realize, like, how much I love it. Like I said, like, I don't know, like, it just made me, like, want to, like, seek out, like, more circusy type stuff. I always love going to carnivals and whatnot, like, when I can. I love going to Coney Island, but, like, this just made me want to, like, do it more, you know? Or, like, like I said, like, dress up and go to, like, a circus or something rather than just, like, going randomly, like, kind of, like, making an event. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I really want to go to a carnival now. Yeah, it's a good summer study. This is like a good time of year for us yeah. to do this one. It's true. It's very timely. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me want to like also watch some silent films. Yeah, totally. Um, watch them with the Marx Brothers. I have to. I do have to watch that. Um, but fashion-wise, probably not. Yeah. But maybe a little bit. I do yeah. like a little gothic, like Victorian moment. Yeah. But I've always loved it. Other than that. Yeah. I do not see the the next question is do you see it growing in this current world that we live in? Well, to be fair, the greatest showman kinda gave like it some life again. Right. Like that movie was super popular. Right. But I don't really see it like going too much farther. Like I feel like people's form of entertainment is like much different these days and I don't know if we could really get back to that ever. I feel like with the post-COVID thing where we're all, like, we were stuck inside for so long, only getting to, like, stream and, like, that kind of stuff, I, I see a lot of people going out more often now and, like, going to things. So, I would never say I would think it would have, like, a resurgence as much as I think it would have, like, um, just, like, maintain where it's at. You know, like, I think there is an audience. I think that there, these things are still popular to a lot of people. So, like, I think, I hope just, like, maintaining, like, the existence of circuses the way they kind of exist now, where you kind of have to, like, seek them out and look for them, but they're there and they're fun and they're, you know. Please don't torture animals or, uh, you know, uh, make people into, put people in cages, but, um. Yeah, or, yeah, ostracize, like, minority groups. Um. But, you know, go for the... (laughs) The cool font. The funnel cake. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Thank you, Antonella. Um, Thank you, Acast. Thank you, Phineas O'Brien, for our theme song. That'll do it for us. It is late. We are tired. We will see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.